Okay. So today we're looking at Batman number sixteen, the April May issue from nineteen forty three, published sometime in February of nineteen forty three. On the cover, we have Batman and Robin. They're standing in the middle of some sort of paper factory, and one of the big sheets of paper is spitting out this long sheet of paper that Batman's standing on. Another guy is standing on it, too. Well, lying down on it, because Batman just punched him over. And there are two more guys behind the paper shooting at Batman. There's also a little circle in the background containing a lumber mill. I guess it's important to know there's going to be a lumber mill in this comic. And on the paper that's being spat out of the roll, there's a monologue. Batman comics usually do have a monologue on the cover, but I never read it to you guys because it's just like, Batman and Robin are going to beat up the Joker again. Oh, he's so scary. But this time, it's actually information that you can't get from just reading the comic, so I am going to read it. On the top of the paper, there's a giant red eye, and it begins the sentence, It's about time someone paid some attention to me. The paper on which this Batman magazine is printed. I'm reading on my phone, so there is no paper. And if you can't see anything exciting about a sheet of newsprint that wouldn't rate a second look except for the words and pictures, why, that just proves you haven't been around. Ever since I was a tall, young spruce tree in the middle of the big woods, I've seen things that would curl your whiskers. And then I saw the battling Batman and the reckless Robin punch their way right along with me from logging camp to pulp mill to the thundering press room. Life, death, thrills, chills, you'll learn something about all of them as you turn the pages and read The Adventures of the Branded Tree. There's only one adventure. So the comic indeed starts out with a branded tree. There's a tree in the middle of the forest with a dagger shape scraped onto the bark. Two woodcutters come along, looking to cut down some wood, and see the dagger scraped into the bark. One of them's all, I wonder what this dagger means, Scotty. And Scotty's all, eh, probably nothing. Some daft huntsman hacked it in or something. So the first woodcutter decides that he will chop down the tree since it's so unique. He starts chopping right under the dagger. And as he does, he talks all about how glad he is that hunting season is over because apparently the woods aren't safe for lumber yaks when city fallers yump around shooting everything in sight. But as the comic Olaf Janssen, the lumberjack, has spoken too soon because right then we see some city fallers, aka tourists, walking around with guns. They hear somebody chopping down a tree, but they don't care that much because they're only looking for one specific tree. A tree with the sign of the dagger in it. Oh no. They head towards where the chopping is happening and see that the lumberjacks are cutting down the dagger tree. One of them's all, why'd they have to pick that tree out of the whole forest? 
Do you think they know what that tree means, Bull, the leader of the gang? And the leader of the gang, Bull, is all, I don't care, just plug him with your silenced rifle. So the thug gets out his silenced rifle and shoots one of the woodcutters, Olaf. He drops his axe and falls over, and the guy next to him, Scotty, is all, Eh, mon, what ails you? Woodcutters talk really weird. These guys have some transcribed accents, and I am not good at reading those. After Olaf is dead on the ground, Bull and his gang pop out from behind a nearby rock, and they're all, You see how we shot your friend? We're gonna shoot you too, if you don't get out of our way. Scotty's all, you murdering sons of Satan. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of seeing me grovel to your cowardly weapons. So Bull just shoots him. And his backup thug is all, hey, you're supposed to let me shoot him with the silenced rifle. And Bull's like, I don't care. But that was a mistake on his part because down near the river, there are some more city fallers. Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Bruce is fishing and Dick is backseat fishing. Dick's all, play him easy, Bruce. Don't let him break your tackle. And Bruce is all, what a help you are. But he does get his fish. He pulls it out of the water. It's a very nicely drawn fish. Much better than that one purple fish that was just a triangle on a circle. And even better than those red fish we saw a little while ago that fell out of a thug's suit. Properly drawn, has four colors at least. I'm glad we were around to see the evolution of whoever's fish drawing. And as everyone admires the nice fish, we hear a crack. Dick's all, huh, some hunter must be stretching the season. But Bruce is all, nope, that's not a hunter. That was a 45 caliber pistol, and a pistol shot means trouble. So he strips off his shirt which is orange, look at you not sticking to your color, and Dick puts on his mask, and they run off as Batman and Robin. They've abandoned their clothing, but they still have their fishing rods. Robin's all, I still can't figure out why you insisted on dragging these rods along. And Batman's all, well, we came up here to fish, Robin, and I'm not gonna miss any chance. Didn't realize you were such a fishing enthusiast, Batman. They follow the sound pretty well, and they soon see the thugs, who are chopping down the dagger tree with one of the lumberjack's discarded axes. Batman's all, look, city gangsters. And then he swings his fishing pole, and he's all, here's where I catch a whopper. Ah, they won't be as nicely drawn as your previous fish, even though one of them is wearing the same colors. Batman swings his fishing pole out into the clearing and hits one guy in the butt so hard There are stars all around the fishing rod. He's all, yipe, I'm shot. And then Batman and Robin come out from behind a tree and start beating up the guys. One of them runs away from the fight and takes cover behind a stack of logs with a two-person saw on it. And Robin manages to use his fishing pole too when he lassos the end of the saw and then lets it go to smack back on that guy's head. That looks very painful. It lets go with a twang, but I think only the end actually hit the guy because otherwise he would have a saw on his head. Batman chases the two other guys up to an even larger pile of logs. It's so large they have to climb it, but when they do, Batman just stands at the bottom telling them to surrender. 
But what he doesn't realize is that they have the high ground. So they chop the chain holding the logs together, and all the logs fall down on Batman and Robin so hard they have stars around their heads. It actually takes them multiple minutes to wake up, and Robin says his head won't stop spinning, so they are very injured. And of course, since it's been multiple minutes, the thugs managed to get away. So Batman and Robin head back to where the lumberjacks are lying. One of them is definitely dead, but they drag the other one off to some medical building where he gets patched up, the living victim of the cowardly shooting, the comic calls him. Batman and Robin don't get any medical help for themselves, but that's just by the books. And once the lumberjack is back in shape to talk, they interview him about why the thugs were attacking him. He says it's because of that dagger tree he found. Batman goes back to look at the spot where the dagger tree was to see if he can find anything there, but he doesn't really, and the two men who come with him, who are both French for some reason, yay, more but different accents for me to try to make sense of, tell him that the tree is totally gone now. It's down the river with all the other logs and there's no way he's going to find it again. Batman and Robin go look at the river, but like the French guy was telling them, there's no way to track the dagger logs, so they're going to have to go try to find the mob. That night, they have a little cookout, and they eat Bruce's beautiful caught fish. Robin says it's delicious, which I believe. It was such a pretty fish. But Batman says he can't even taste the fish he's too busy worrying. No, Batman, don't get sucked into workaholic tendencies. Eat the fish. You're on a break right now. You're working too hard. That night, Batman and Robin rest up, but there's some other stuff going on. What strange secret, symbolized by this sinister sign of the dagger, has lured desperate men from their underworld haunts to commit murder in the deep woods? Let's see if we can find a clue in the grim events yet to come. And then we see some grim events. Over in a nearby town, the thugs are back at work. One of them asks some guy if he works for the lumber mill, and when the guy says yes, he brains him with a blackjack. He's all, you mean you used to work there? And the next day, the three thugs head to the employment office of Perkins Paper Company. The guy there immediately hires them to work at Perkins Paper Company because three of their log handlers just met with mysterious accidents the last night, and they're laid off. So the thugs head off to the paper company, where they stop at the place the logs are rolled into the building, and they get a tour. The guy taking them around is all, your job is going to be to stand in front of this chute, watch all the logs come up, and make sure they all get on the belt. One of the thugs is all, what a break, we can't miss the log we're after. And he has an accent too. What is this torture? Then the man goes inside and shows the two other thugs the conveyor belt to the log chopping machine. He's all, your job is to watch the logs as they move towards the chopper and take out the ones with knots or rotted places. And then you cut off the spoiled places with this saw and put the logs back on. The thugs nod along, and then one of them goes, Gee, a guy wouldn't stand a chance if he fell in. And the guy showing them around is all, Oh yeah, he would die horribly. He'd be chopped to bits, 
had whisked up that suction pipe into the digester vat where sulfuric acid would finish the job. So don't get sucked into a log mill. Then the guy segues into just telling them about how paper is made. From the digester, he says, the solution goes through the bleaching vats and tinting vats and into the paper machines. It comes out of the rollers at the end as finished paper. So yeah, really don't get chopped up in a log factory. Now, while all this has been going on, Batman and Robin have checked in with the local police. They talk to the police guy in charge and he's all, you know, I haven't seen any suspicious thugs around, but somebody did beat up three paper workers at the mill and sent them to the hospital last night. Batman's all, so that means the paper mill is going to have to hire three new men. I get the picture. So, just a few minutes later, Batman and Robin walk into Perkins Paper Company. They pass the logs going up into the building and the one thug watching the log. He's all, it's them. I gotta keep them from spoiling everything. So, he creeps up behind them with his log poking stick and whacks Batman on the back of the head with it. Then he hits Robin with the other end. So efficient. And his efficiency continues when he uses the, the murder machine he works in front of to kill Batman and Robin. He lugs them up onto the log chute and sends them into the building. When they get up there, there's just more thugs watching the chopping machine, so Batman and Robin stay on the conveyor belt. Batman and Robin are going to be turned into paper, and then someone will read a Batman comic off of paper made of Batman. I mean, if they actually do read a paper comic. The thugs watching the chopping machine laugh about how Batman's going to be dissolved by sulfuric acid. But then, luck of all luck, they see the log lying next to Batman is the log with the dagger on it. They're all, wow, we found it. They pull it off the machine and start cutting it with their saw that's supposed to take the bad bits off logs. They make a huge gouge out from where the dagger should be. And they find a concealed metal cylinder. The one thug is all, we got it. We're sitting on top of the world. And Batman and Robin will bother us no more. But of course Batman will. Because while those thugs were busy cutting open their dagger log, Batman has woken up just a bit. It's all, ugh, what a headache. Gotta sleep. But Batman deprives himself of sleep and wakes up, and he sees that he's on a conveyor belt to a chopping machine. He's actually behind Robin, so Robin's gonna get chopped up first. Batman's gotta do something, and he can't just crawl five feet up towards Robin and pull him off. No. Instead, Batman picks up a log with one hand. You know how heavy those logs are? The average pine tree weighs 54 pounds per square foot. And that log has got to be somewhere between three and four feet long. So Batman has just picked up at least 150 pounds with one hand. And I suppose he does pick up men sometimes, so maybe that's not out of the question, but still, he's so strong. Once he's picked up the giant log, he throws it right into the teeth of the machine. He thinks if he throws enough logs at the machine, it'll eventually clog up and break. And he does that six times. Eventually, Robin hears all the commotion in front of him and wakes up. 
and the thugs finally look up from their dagger log to see Batman throwing trees all over the place. In the time it takes for the thugs to process the situation, Batman helps Robin off the conveyor belt so they're not going to be pulp and papered anymore. The thug from outside has also come in. But now that they have their little metal cylinder, they actually don't really want to fight Batman and Robin because Batman and Robin are scary, so they just run away. But of course, Batman and Robin give chase. Batman's all, you skunks are going through the mill this time on a personally conducted tour. And Batman is absolutely right. He's a great tour guide. He knows so much about turning logs into paper. He punches one thug into this spinning axe wheel and he's all, this is the way they trim the logs before they turn them into pulp. Get it? And the guy goes, yow, and drops his gun. Then Robin punches another guy onto this big sheet of paper pulp. He's all, this is where the pulp fibers mixed with water enter the paper making machine. Take a good look. And the thug goes, ow, it's hot. Now Batman and Robin are actually starting to run into the real workers in the paper mill, but they don't care at all. They're just having fun watching Batman and Robin beat these guys up. Finally, Batman punches the last guy into this big, rolled-up sheet of paper. It's just as big as the logs that were cut up, and probably twice as heavy. He's all, when the paper finally goes through, these calendar rollers, it's finished. Like you. The thug is all. I thought being a crook was going to be an easy life. After Batman and Robin's little educational field trip, the thug from the very beginning, who was shoved into the saw, it's a wonder he got out so unscathed, managed to elude them. He hides behind this big stack of rolls of paper. He's all, if I get caught, I don't want this to be found on me, referring to the metal container. And if I get away, I'll pick it up easily again. Then he hides it somewhere near the paper rolls and runs off towards another part of machinery. He grabs this little wheel and he's all, I have no idea what this wheel does. And then he turns it. Luckily for him, it actually does something pretty bad. It spurts sulfuric acid-laced water everywhere. Why do they even have that? Maybe it's supposed to be connected to a hose. Either way, it stops Batman and Robin dead in their tracks, and they have to go turn the sulfuric acid-spewing nozzle off. Once they do that, some of the workers come up to Batman and Robin, and they're all, Batman, you saved our lives. Those fumes would have been fatal if they'd kept spreading. Then they tell Batman that the three thugs have escaped. Batman's all, they're gone, but I know they didn't have the cylinder with them. Maybe they left it somewhere here. Let's search for it. Batman and Robin search all over the factory, but they can't find the cylinder, so they have to go back home. Two days later, back in Gotham City, Bruce and Dick are out for a walk. Bruce is still really stressing over where that metal canister could be, and Dick wants him to just chill out already, although he does admit that it was very frustrating beating up those thugs twice and then losing the cylinder. Bruce is all, I know they didn't take it with them, but now I'm not so sure that they left it up there either. I think Bull, the leader, pulled something extra clever over on us. Now, by incredible luck, the two of them just happened to be wandering around the part of the city where the newspaper building is, and it gets a delivery right then from the Perkins Mill. Ramadan, you think that's the same stuff we saw being made? And Bruce is like, hmm, I wonder. 
I enjoy how they've decided to give this comic a realistic timeline for once. Most of the time, Batman finishes stuff up in like two days at the very most, but now they've decided to take a break to show the real time it takes to get the paper from the logging mill to the newspaper company. And the dogs are also going to go to the paper company. That night, they break in and threaten some guy to take them to the press room, where they have these ginormous rolls of paper on these machines unrolling them. The dogs start searching through some of the rolls that haven't been put on the machines yet. The dogs start reaching their hands into the middles of these rolls. One of them's like, it's not here. The other's like, no, it's not here either. And they start freaking out a little bit. But then one of them, probably both, pulls his hand back out of one of the paper rolls and he's holding the canister. He's all, ah, fortune. From now on, we're all big shots. They're going to sneak away as discreetly as they can. But then up against the wall, one of them sees a shadow, or as he calls it, that shatter. God, I hate accents. And the other one is like, am I going crazy or does that look like a bat? And it is Batman's shadow, with Batman following quickly after it. He jumps down on the thugs and starts beating them up. Robin jumps down too, and in a brilliant reversal, he rolls the giant logs of paper down on some thugs. Wow. Then he jumps down the rolls himself just to kick a guy in the head one more time. Batman keeps fighting the other thugs, but then Bull escapes with the metal canister. He starts climbing the machinery and winds up next to this control switch. He doesn't actually mess with it, though. He just climbs even higher up on the machinery. Soon, he and Batman are fighting along where the papers roll out. It's really just a scaffold, though, so Bull trips pretty easily. He, he falls backward and he's all, Help! Save me! I'll be killed! Batman reaches out and grabs him by the belt so he doesn't fall right into the sheet of paper that's being rolled out. Personally, I wouldn't let him fall either, but mostly because of my OCD about that paper being torn. Bull's all, You saved me, Batman! Batman's like, yeah, I hope nobody gives me a medal for it. But since Bull is a tricksy backstabbing thug, he just punches Batman again. And this time, Batman is teetering on the brink of death. But he's able to pull himself back up easily enough. He and Bull fight for two more panels, and then Batman punches Bull into the control switch. He hits it, and it starts sparking everywhere like fireworks. Robin calls it, too. Batman gets down on the walkway next to Bull, goes up to him, grabs him by the coat, and pulls out his little metal canister. He finally opens it, and we see that it was full of industrial diamonds for pointing tools. Industrial diamonds make up between 70 and 90% of all diamonds mined. They're basically diamonds that just aren't high quality enough to make into jewelry, so they're probably significantly less expensive, but the thugs think they're good enough to make a fortune on. Batman's all, this explains the robbery up north a couple weeks ago. And Bull's all, yeah, me and the boys swiped them, but then the cops chased us into the woods and we had to hide them. When we came back for them, there were woodcutters cutting down our tree. And then you had to show up. Batman's all. Diamonds like these are needed in the American war effort. When a judge finds out you're a traitor, a thief, and a murderer, he'll retire you permanently. 
They're not even as valuable as regular diamonds, and Batman's still threatening this guy with the electric chair. Batman ties all the thugs up, and after he's finished, Robin comes up to him. He's been exploring the printing company, and he found a copy of Batman. He's all, it's the new Batman magazine. This is one issue we have plenty to do with. Besides furnishing the adventure, we watched the trees cut and the paper made and delivered. And we're the first readers. He and Batman opened the magazine. Don't forget Bull Beaten, says Batman. He started everything, including the press. And then we get to look into the Batman comic. Sneak peek, sneak peek, sneak peek. But it isn't actually a sneak peek. It's just more words. It's a message, like the blurb in the front. What's more, gentle reader, my adventures as a sheet of paper have hardly begun. Now that you have finished my story, I'll move on to the next Batman fan. And the next. And who can say what friends I'll make and what thrilling things I'll see before the salvage man starts me out on a brand new career. Okay, but I read this on my phone. This is all data and pixels. And them turning into audio waves, so all you listening don't even get to see the pictures. I hate to say it, but this piece of paper on a presumed piece of paper is lying to us. And again, no one has discovered Batman and Robin's secret identities. I knew it. They were saving it for the last comic. And they were just stringing us along to get us to read the whole thing. We would have read the whole thing anyway, though. Joke's on them. The end.